he got the operation done and all the rest of it. Then he was asking a doctor how like how it all went and stuff. Was everything okay? Was it a success and stuff like that? He's like, yeah. It's like it's just 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 one thing, Mister O'Neill. You seem to have quite a fatty build up around your spine. <laughs> It's just like, I've been a doctor for like 30 years and I've never seen anything like this in my life. So apparently Jim just stores all his fat round his back <laughs> and his spine. <laughs> it's just like, is that what? even a thing? Yeah, it's amazing. Because like, this man eats like an abundance of food, like relentlessly, but he looks just like a big twig. Right, well, you can get people that... You can get what I call skinny fat people. Yeah. So they can be really skinny, but they just they've got a high percentage of body fat and they're really unhealthy in that yeah. sense. But around the spine. <laughs> that is strange. Welcome to Gains and Pains with Scott McLaughlin and Colin McGibbon in association with Just Train and a ton of coffee, where we get together each week to talk health, fitness and some absolute nonsense. We record on we use that. <laughs> we might have to, mate. We might have to. So... Let's keep, let's keep, 2021, we could go live YouTube videos. Honestly, man, as long as we use your computer. <laughs> so, episode 63, hello everyone, to take two, because the first one didn't work. Um, <laughs> honestly, man, I hate it. I hate computers, they're shit. Um, I think it's just a sign that I need to buy a new Mac. That is tax deductible. Tax deductible indeed. Now's the time to get it, really, because I've had no gigs this well next tax year so if I get a nice big shiny Mac that's a big oh. wedge back in it yeah because once you go Mac you don't go back uh, it's true though I would never get a PC nah I love my Mac it's great and it served me well it's like 12 year old or something do you know what I mean so it just works it just works that's it well I mean except when it doesn't nah, but I mean, <laughs> as today proves but your typical PC laptops they die after like three days <laughs> yeah absolutely man like I had well, I've always had loads of PCs in my life like, but they do they last like I don't know a couple of years tops whereas like, yeah. I mean, I'm exaggerating I haven't had this 12 years it must be about nine then we got it when Lucy was one so it's had a yeah. good innings man and it's been mm. well used so um, aye I think it may be time Fee still doesn't like get the whole idea that if you buy something and it's tax deductible it's just free basically isn't it yeah, she that, she she struggles to understand that concept. I don't know why. That's how self-employed people justify expenses to their employed partners. <laughs> totally. Eh? <laughs> Why'd you buy that extra snare drum? How much was it? Uh, nothing. It's tax deductible. <laughs> <laughs> this squat right just appeared in the gym one day. <laughs> um. Right. Let's just go on with this shit, right? Because this could crash at any minute. Plus, it's going to be dinner time soon. Um, I wanted to talk about confidence and the role it plays in sports and just life in general. Oh, man, that's deep. I know. I I feel like I I, I know. Cheers, man. Chink. Um, Scott's on the hard stuff. (laughs) 
<laughs> at 20 to 4 on a Monday afternoon. That's a good sign, isn't it? Um, it's, um, it's Apple wait, Juice, honest. What have you got? What have you got? Uh, 12-year-old been a having. Lovely choice, sir. Lovely. This was from Jerry, the wedding guest. Oh, I well played, McGee. Yeah, see, see Although, what you like um, about this small, angry man. He's got decent taste in whiskey. Aye. I've got to give him that. I mean, it's, um, it's a very nice one. It goes nice with toffee. Oh, really? Really nice mm-hmm. with toffee. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've got, I don't think I've got any boon I'm having. I did have it at one point, but oh. I think I drank it. Or Jura Journey goes nice with Rolos. <laughs> Rolos. Mate, I, was, I, was, I couldn't tell you the I last time I had a Rolo. <laughs> I think it was a couple of years ago, um, Aaron had got a bottle of Jura Journey for Christmas, uh, a wee Christmas present. Uh, I cracked it open. And I don't know why, but I think I was at the munchies one night and there was nothing left but apart from a packet of Rolos for the kids' selection box, which I just typed. <laughs> Amazing. A Rolo. Having a packet of Rolos. Just a wee bit of chocolate. Then you hit the toffee. Oh, it's tremendous. Classy touch, my friend. Classy. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> brilliant. I'll get coffee because I'm sensible and boring. Uh, yeah, see, uh, should we leave this one for another episode when we've got more time to get into it? I don't know. Oh, we can hit it hard. I'm confident we can do it. Well played again. You're on fire, so I'm giving you the wee clicky fingers, but you can't see in my screen. There we go. I've got the iPad down the wrong way. I'm not used. I'm used to used to looking over here. Um, right. So yeah, I meant to talk about this ages ago, and then obviously we stopped doing the podcast because we were lazy. Because um, uh, why? Why does it play such a massive part in everything you do? Because like realistically, because I was thinking about it. <laughs> I was thinking about it largely in part about playing golf over the summer. To be honest, um, I know. Cause, like, I know, man. Because um, it's one of these things that you can. You can either do something or you can't, right? But if you feel confident about doing it, you generally perform to a higher level than you would if you're if you're feeling like not confident about it. I know again, just basing this on myself over the summer playing a lot of golf and stuff, if I felt good going into it and I had a few good shots to start with, invariably, like the rest of your round would generally be alright. But as soon as you hit mm-hmm. a few duffers or whatever, then just oh head goes down and all the rest. And it and even in it like I know from being in the gym, if you just if you get to that point where you're feeling good about your lifts, whether it's like squatting like just now for myself, my squat's feeling quite good, so I know even when it's heavy, like ah, so it's alright, it's going to be it's going to be heavy, but I can do it. I feel alright about it. And my bench, I'm just I'm not feeling it just now at all, as discussed. And I just yeah, it just it seems to play such a huge part in everything you do. I kind of look at confidence as kind of two ways. One, you've got the whole kind of the belief in your mind like that old saying, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. If you think you can do it, chances are you'll do it. If you think you can, do you know what? Yeah, yeah you're probably right. You're probably not going to do it. You're going to be, you're going to fail before you even, I, I say it with a lot of kettlebell lifters, the ones that they talk themselves out of competing before, they, or, or they talk themselves out of winning before they even step in the platform. Mm-hmm. You can spot the ones a mile away. Um, just by their chat, their demeanour, how they hold themselves, their approach, everything about it just says, nah, you're not in the right headspace for that and they're going to bomb it. Mm-hmm. So there's a kind of belief in that they're not going to do it. Now, what I've noticed is that if you if you put the work in in your training, if you've done, if you've crossed all the T's, dotted all the I's, you've showed up, you've put the work in, you should be able to go into that 
been to any event feeling pretty confident that you're going to give yourself a good representation because you've put the work in, so it should be there or thereabouts. Now, the other aspect, like you say, sometimes so some people are just good at it. Not If you look at all the best sportsmen out there, what's the one thing they've got in common? They work hard. They've put in loads of effort to get there. But how, do, how does that kind of... How does that appear on the pitch or on the court or on the field? They look confident. They if they're confident, human, then <laughs> they appear more relaxed. They make it look easy. Yeah. Kind of the dead rubbers looking. Right, okay. But if you look at a confident boxer stepping in the ring, he's not standing up tight. Mm-hmm. He's dead relaxed. If you look at the best best footballers out there, they're dead relaxed the way they're moving the ball. And it's usually, if we're looking at a sport which is essentially just muscular contraction followed by muscular relaxation. If you're relaxed, then you can get the muscles to contract and relax properly mm. rather than if you're uptight and rigid, you're not going to be able to react and move as agile. Yeah. And what, I think that comes into a massive part of it. Yeah. What what fascinates me is like, you're talking about the football thing, right? Which is great. Even like top players like the, the fundamentally their skill set hasn't changed right what mm. makes someone go through that kind of slump below in their confidence right I hate I hate to bring it up because I know there's a lot of, a lot of our <laughs> friends or Celtic fans out there right yeah. why are they so shit just now right why when it's essentially the same team of players who have won everything for a long time now right why what makes what? why has their confidence dropped so much just now that they can't beat Ross County or St Johnston. <laughs> I'm not Just having a dick, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm merely, I'm merely <laughs> asking the question no, because because the they're obviously not. They've not got worse. Well, they have got worse on no. statistically speaking, but they're still the same no. players. Why? Why? Yeah. What causes them to have that dip? It's where you start to look at the kind of player psyche, and this is where it goes back to. Remember the kind of conversation that you, myself and John had a while ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so it can link back to like your childhood experiences and stuff. Like People have fear of failure, fear of disappointment that they're going to let that loved one down or their family down or their friends or their partner or whatever, their teammates. So if they've got, like you take a striker and talk about, oh, nice. a striker's riding high in confidence. Uh, that's why he's buying everything he touches is going in the goal right yeah. now. Um, and then you've got a striker because all it could take is a striker to miss an opener an absolute sitter mm-hmm. and he gets absolutely ridiculed off all the fans Head goes down. and he can feel that it might it might be the shot that should have won them the cup final but instead they get beat Yeah, it could have been the, the goal that got the equaliser to keep them in the league but instead they got them relegated yeah. um, so you can start to look at how they're going to or how it affects their confidence in terms of that knock-on effect that oh I've screwed up. Um, I've let my team down, and then that can plague them. That fools them. You know that way. If you done some, if you, if Lucy came home from school today and she told you that whatever you had done on Sunday had really let her down, you'd feel gutted inside. Mm. Either that, or if you just, just go out tough. Dry <laughs> <laughs> your eyes, Ginger. <laughs> can I please phone her and say that? No, you can't. She tell you to do one. <laughs> but, no, no, but no. I think that can last for somebody. But for myself, I know. Growing up, I was told you're useless, you're crap, you're doing it wrong, you're rubbish. And every time, especially playing football, every time, if my dad was watching, 
as soon as somebody passed the ball to me, I thought, oh, oh, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck this up. Oh, I'm gonna screw it up. I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna pass it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna score an own goal, even though I'm in the other team's eighteen-yard box. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it was all those fears, and it wasn't fear of not being able to do it right, but it was a fear of the kind of knock-on fear that failure that it would lead to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that can that can stick with a lot of players. That, but what drove me through my competing days was also no, 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 you need to prove a point here, you need to prove that you can do it. Mm-hmm. And it's so long as that's greater than fear of failure, you'll do it. But if some people don't have that drive to that kind of overpowering drive yeah. to prove the point or just go for it anyway, then they will they'll take that failure or that fear of failure and use it in a negative sense, it will stop them from performing. Yeah, it's just kind of crossing, crossing that threshold of just going, oh, do you know what, I'm just going to go for it. And what happens, happens. Aye. Because invariably, as you say, if you are prepared, which you should be as best you can, regardless of what you're doing, that preparedness, right. if you just if you just give over to it, will generally speaking take you to where you need to get to. It's just it's all mind games, isn't it? And that's 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 what baffles me, man. It's like if you've put the if you, I, I strongly believe if you've put the work in and you've really put the effort into it, ninety percent of the time that will get you across the finishing line mm-hmm. anywhere you want to be. Obviously, if you're playing a sport where you're up against other people, then it's going to be, you've got the factor in of the opposite team. But yeah, I think I think personally, what the difference has been this time for the likes of Celtic is the lockdown and not playing. Right, they've not because what's happened is with all the games getting stopped, they've lost that momentum. Because they talk about when a striker's banging in the goals, like keep them on the pitch, just. Just keep letting them bang the goals in, goal after goal after goal after yeah. goal. Like if you think Rangers with um, the Tav mm-hmm. uh, right back, yep, he's going to guarantee if Rangers get a penalty next week. Who's taking the penalty? Tav. Who's taking the free kick? Tav. Well, Tav. depends what side it's on. Barisic should be playing. No. So why is he going to keep taking penalties? Because he's consistently scoring. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna, you're not gonna take that strike or that player that's banging in the goals left, right, and centre, and then go. Actually, no, we're gonna, re- we're gonna, we're not gonna let you take that penalty today. Like no, their confidence is right, uh, flying high. Keep it going. So they're on that roll. And I think with Celtic, is that they were on that roll for the last three seasons, and all of a sudden, the pandemic came along and COVID just kicked them into the touchline. Yeah. Covid came at them like a big giant Graham Soonis and just booted them all up <laughs> down the park. And it just basically, they've lost that momentum. Yeah. And I think there's certain players that haven't trained as hard as they should be. And they just, they don't seem, from what I've seen at Celtic last week at Lost County, they just seem so, they seem as if they were tired, their legs were heavy, they had no creativity, they had no passion about them, nobody mm-hmm. but somebody would get the ball. And one thing I've noticed with Rangers games is everybody's running about, they're making the runs, they're making the darts to try and get into space. Mm-hmm. Celtic were getting the ball standing still and doing nothing. Yeah. You know, it's almost as if they've not got that belief that we're not, we're not going to score in this game or we're going to get beat again. Yeah. And it's I think al- the likes are... It's almost as if they've got a shite manager. If you look at Neil Lennon, he's came in and he's, he's inherited... Um, Brendan Rodgers team yep and he done well the last season because it was almost well, it just ran on to him but now he's brought in some of his own players yep and it's kind of it's probably thrown the team dynamic out a little bit yeah and they're yeah. not 
And it could be that there could be one player, all it takes is one bad apple. So it could be one player in the dressing room that's just pissing the rest of them off and they're like, ah, and all it takes is just that, you know what it's like in, in the gym, if somebody comes in that you can't be bothered with, it can, just, it can either make or break an apple. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, man. It just it does take that just one person to bring the whole vibe down, doesn't it? Aye. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But again, yeah, it's just, it's interesting how, how the psychology of it all works. In that respect, yeah. like oh, as you say, it takes one person to ruin it. But if you've got a really good vibe collectively, and you, again you see it in the gym, seen it in the gym before lockdown and stuff, you have a good group of people in training as a group. Whether you're all training together, whether you're just in training at the same time, kind of thing. If you've got a good vibe yeah. happening, everyone gets so much more out of it. Oh God, uh, we've seen ourselves in the gym. Yeah, when everybody's fired up, going for it, we were like, right, goes great. Yeah. Um, and you've got that when you've even got that competitive atmosphere where everybody wants to remember it was the last year where if you'd done 10 I would do 11 then you would do 12 <laughs> it was just that drive but we told them there's that an extra like 20 ton a week we were doing yeah totally <laughs> and we got some crack results just because we were motivated enough to push each other and go alright we're going to drive it we're going to drive it and keep going and yeah you can get that you get that belief that you know what if he's done 12 I can do another one yeah, but um, and that's what I've noticed with the likes of Rangers this season is if they can go down one nil, two nil, or one, they go down a goal, bring it back, go down again, mm-hmm. like against Standard Liège at the week. Yeah, last week, they still come back and win three two. They've got that Aye, belief. Like, that well, last right, last season, season before that, that just we won the one in that game. <laughs> that was a, that was a two 0 defeat at least. <laughs> Whereas this season, it seems to be like that's all right. You score two, cool, we'll score three. Yeah, and it was like the old kind of like Real Madrid days. They just didn't when it was like Ronaldo. Um, remember Ronaldo? Yep. Proper Ronaldo, not Cristiano. Aye, Ronaldo. Aye, your actual Ronaldo, the good Ronaldo. Aye. Yeah, we get the ball. It's like, ah, I don't care. But I'll be Bobby Carlos at left back. Get the ball, spin oh, down the wing, cross it in. Player. Aye. Yeah, just you, you get down the left wing. That's the football podcast now. Hey. <laughs> Push the ball to Diego. He'll dink it in. I'll stick in the back of net. They, not pointing it. You never ever thought Real Madrid would lose because he had such like Ronaldo up front you're like get the ball to him yeah and, and if, even if he I don't know even if he misses you know you've got like that um, Luis Figo you've got uh, Raul you had yeah. <laughs> you had Zidane yeah. coming up and you're going well well these guys are just going to take the ball stick it in the back of the net Aye. so there was that kind of confidence of just sheer ability and that that, that affects the opposition as well because if you go in if you're Aye. playing against a team who you know is flying and like Husney lost a game for however many matches whatever else you get into that going oh crap you're in for it today this is going to be a Aye. tough tough game so immediately you're on the defensive whereas Aye. like if you're again it's just rules reversed just now with Celtic and Rangers right for the past like whatever many seasons Rangers have been pissed, right? And it's just that fragility, regardless of what the team is, right? Old form aside, because I know people will piss and moan one way or the other. It's just that fragility. If you're if you're going in against a team who you know are low in confidence and leaking goals, you're like, right, we can get into this just now. We can get well, this is your chance to have them. And again, especially if you're playing against the old firm, because if one either one side of them are playing a bit rubbish for a while on a bit of a losing streak or just a weak streak. Mm-hmm. All these smaller teams, provincial clubs are going, all right, this is our chance now. We can have a real go at them. Whereas ordinarily, you're going to just park the bus and hope for the best kind of thing, you know? Because you look at the likes of Celtic AC Milan during the week there. Mm -hmm. Celtic went up 2-0 at the San Siro and still get beat. Yeah. And you're like, 
that is going to, I think, see if they get beat, if they were getting beat, what was the final? Was it 4-2? 4-2, I think, eh? I don't four know. Two. I think so. If, if AC Milan had been up 2-0 and then Celtic a go back, then AC Milan went up 4-1 and they got a go back, you're about right, fine. If they went up 2-0 and then still get beat, it does make it worse because yeah. it's, you had a 2-0 lead and you've now been beaten by two goals well again that's that's, that's the thing Like that's going to play on them psychologically because if you say yeah. if, you, if you're 4-0 down and you bring it back to 4-2 then you're going oh at least we made a bit of a fight of it at the end and we brought a couple right. of goals back but if you've got a 2-0 lead and you get pumped 4-2 that's that's a, that's a that's doing some damage to your psyche, psyche right. again isn't it and again the likes of Ross County beating them in the cup and then St Johnson went down at the weekend. Normally St Johnson got a good doing off Celtic. They've mm-hmm. been down and well, lad, you know what? Well, we can take it easy. Yeah. Because we'll just see that. Like, but then that just goes to show that like all these little, I was going to say little clubs and offend all the other people who are listening. <laughs> these are more provincial clubs out with the old firm. They should be playing like that against the old firm every game. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? And then they might get some better results instead of just trying to make it a pure stalemate all the time. That's why you it's saw it with like Kilmarnock, like the past few seasons have always like traditionally performed quite well against the old firm because they actually have a go aye but can they attack them because if you lie back and get, if you just lie back and sit against the ropes you're going to get a bean yeah. rather than just going out there and go for it best so, form of defence yeah. best form of defence good offence mm-hmm. right but aye it's just it's funny and it's it's like even when I competed in kettlebells everybody knew that I'd, well, and all the guys I coach we all do a last minute sprint mm-hmm and there's nothing better than seeing the opponent kind of, of, of watching the people I coach, seeing them going out a competition and seeing them neck and neck with somebody going out the last minute and just knowing that that's cool. Yeah. My guys have got they've got an extra couple of gears, they can just drop it and go for it. Mm-hmm. And the and one. And it's you hear that with other folk like, oh no. Oh, it's that that's a bunch of guys there. Oh no, they always they always do extra in the last minute. And that affects the person lifting. Yeah. Yeah. Because they see that they're thinking, right, we're neck and neck, we're neck and neck. Oh shit, last minute, they're going to go for it. And yeah. it's, and you see that with about, eight, with about two minutes left. Well, the minute before that last minute sprint, they start to freak out. Yeah. And it's great, it's great getting inside people's heads. And, and it is a mind game. And that's why there's so much getting invested in sports psychology I was now. And just about to see that. Yeah, that's why that's such a massive uh, thing in sport now, isn't it? I think it's uh, Kazakhstan, just double check, Tatiana. Um, and she's oh no she's Russian sorry Russian weightlifter Tatiana Kasharina and there was an interview with her, her coach <clears throat> and the, the interview the, the interviewer was like that so uh, in Tatiana's train how many times does she miss a lift you know what I mean by that like if, they, if, they, yeah. if they're trying to do like a jerk or snatch that they fail they don't do the lockout or they drop the bar and the coach just went what do you mean and you're like, oh, well, how many times did she miss a lift and train and how does she come back from that? And all that she doesn't. If we if she's if you've got an athlete that's, perfor- that's repeatedly missing lifts, then there's something seriously wrong. Yeah. They shouldn't be bombing out. They should be getting in, they should be actually 
if you're programming, if you're as a coach and you're programming for them, they shouldn't be they shouldn't be hitting or failing these numbers. Yeah, we talked about this before and, on here. Where I, yeah, that's that's the thing. If you're failing lift after lift, that's going to play with your head as well because you're just going, yeah. "Wow, I can't do this. Then it's too heavy for me. I can't do it." Right. Whereas if your programming's you right, you should always be pushing yourself hard, but still achieving right. what you're trying to achieve. Well, I'm a big believer. What you what you do and how you approach it in training will replicate itself on the platform, on the stage, or the pitch, whatever it is you're going to compete in. Mm-hmm. Like a girl, Danielle, years ago, in training, she got a wobbly, wobbly arm over head, she would use the other hand to stop the kettlebell. Right. And she was preparing to go and compete in Russia. I'm like, stop doing that. She's like, it's fine, it's just training. I'm like, but that's what you're going to do on the day. Yeah. She went to Russia, she was late for getting a platform, ran out, rattled through it. Arm got tired, wobbly, boom, bob. Spare hand went up, grabbed the bell, she just looked at me and what. Like, I told you. Is that a disqualification if I have? Yep, that's you out. But that's, it's what you, it's what happens in training. Well, because the training, what is, what is training? It's preparation for yeah. the platform or the stage or whatever. Yeah. So if you, if you dick about, the chances are, you're going to get dick about results on the platform. Yeah. There's a British weightlifter. Uh, what's her name? Oh, I think female British weightlifter. There's a lot of looking stuff up in there. Oh, I'm trying to remember her name. Oh, what's, it's not Laura. <clears throat> Let's call her Maureen and carry on. Maureen. <laughs> That's one way I look at that. That's really, really annoying. Sarah Davis. There you go. Sarah, Sarah Davis. I was close. I think it's Sarah. Is it Sarah Davis? I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's bugging me. I think it is. Answers on a postcard, listeners. Yes, it is. Sarah Davis, British weightlifter, right? She's talking about how she wants to compete for Britain at the Olympics in Tokyo. Right. Pretty big deal, yeah? Mm-hmm. Can you represent your country at the Olympics? Yeah, man. Pretty but much up there with big it. as it gets, really, isn't it? It is. It's kind of ultimate sport and accolade, and it's ah. a lot of them. It doesn't matter what you if you win a medal or not. If you've had the opportunity to actually compete at the Olympics, you've you, you fucking done it. Absolutely. And she's talking about how she's there or thereabouts, and she was training the other day there, and she posted up a video on Instagram. And and at first, and she's sitting there sucking helium out of a balloon. What? Sucking helium out of a balloon before she gets up to practice um, block jerks. And I'm like that. <laughs> right. So, uh, okay. Maybe you're just, you know, maybe just dicking about in a train session, right? Fine. Then the hilarious thing is the next day she posts up, oh, my block jerks felt really shit and heavy. And I'm like that. Imagine well, that. Because straight away, before I even seen her do a block jerk, stuff like that, because well, she never posted up the video. It was like Monday she posted up the helium sucking, and then the Tuesday she posted a video from the Monday right. of her doing the actual block jerks. And I'm going, well... And I remember seeing it at the time, she's sucking the helium, and I'm thinking, she's going, I don't know if I'll be able to manage And then I'm like, well, you're dicking about. What is, that tells you everything about your attitude. Aye. And this is meant to be Britain's main, one of Britain's main hopefuls for the female Olymp- British Olympic weightlifting team. Yeah. And they're like, come on. 
attitude is absolutely stinking. Not to mention, that's really dangerous. <laughs> yeah, because somebody died earlier on this year, didn't they? Yeah, it happens all the time. Because you're just replacing huh? all the oxygen in your lungs with fucking helium. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like that, right. So, a lumpy weightlifter, the reason you do blocking chucks is so you, you don't need to worry about the clean, right? You can just focus on the jerk element. Yep. And usually you'll bang out a cup, maybe something like doubles on it, so she's sucking it, she's racked the bar. You suck it, you're sucking in all the air, you're holding your breath to brace before you do the jerk. Yeah. You're then trying to stabilise a big ass heavy weight overhead. And you're doing that with no oxygen in the body because you've placed it with helium. Imagine that. She was shaky, she was staggering about the place, and it was shit. Now, it could be purely coincidence, but her attitude towards that, for me, I thought as an Olympic hopeful, try to be a role model for women and and men out there for Olympic weightlifting. And Britain all that, that's a pretty shitty attitude to have. Not to mention she is on the international league. I think it's the International Olympic Weightlifting Committee for like, athletes in terms of like doping and stuff, and you're mm-hmm. just sucking gas before you like you're you're lobby- I know it's not performance enhancing, right? Aye. But if you're lobbying and trying to kind of promote clean sport and all that, and yeah, you're sucking gas before you go and do a lift, <laughs> it's just stupid. <laughs> it's like, uh, 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 aye, it's just daft, isn't it? Aye, like, I don't, I just don't get it. <laughs> I mean, I guess you're going to get idiots regardless of what line of work it is. It's going to get people daft. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you can, what's that old saying? It's like, if the Aristotle that says you are what you repeatedly do, therefore um, excellence is not an act but a habit. Check you out, dropping the knowledge bombs, man. Breaking out that bit. Aristotle. Pure highbrow, isn't it? I know. Well, check me out. Philosophising on the podcast. Hmm. I think therefore I am. Hold um, on till I adjust my man bun. I know. <laughs> <laughs> God I know, damn, but, but you think about it, that, that statement of yarv, what you repeatedly do, if you constantly dick about, Aye. do you know what? Don't expect, don't be, sh- don't be shocked when you don't get the results that you think you should be due. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's like the saying that I made years ago, it's like the saying I said years and years ago, I put, <laughs> put the post in Facebook saying, you've got the body you deserve. <laughs> and I get attacked Popular. by a group of I get attacked by a group of women for the fact that they're like that well I can't help the stretch marks because uh, I've had the baby right uh, and I'm like, uh, or I've got a medical condition right okay I'm not saying you deserve a medical condition but if you're choosing to have a takeaway four nights a week and drink a bottle of wine every night don't complain that you've not got a six pack <laughs> that's what I was getting at yeah. in terms of like that. Guys, I'm talking about being an athlete, but being like being coached or training for an event. If you don't put the work in, or if you're trying to get stronger, or you're trying to be like a physique model. If you don't put the effort in, you've got the body you deserve. Yeah. Instead, I get like total man hatred towards me. For- well, that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> from, from I'm sure you deserve it in some capacity. Um, yeah. I you know the confidence thing. Like, I get it. I totally understand it from an amateur level to a degree in terms of like you're you're not you're not going to be as prepared like me playing golf or whatever because I know from like <laughs> mate I don't even think you classed as an amateur you're that bad I know, at golf. I know. hey I was getting all right until the weather changed um, like from a musical point of view I'm not I wouldn't say I was like 
overconfident in anything I do, but I'm secure yeah. in what I'm secure in what I know how to do on my instrument. Do you know, what I mean, I'm I'm not a nervous performer. Yeah. I, I I don't go into because gigs you, like being really nervy and yeah. stuff. Who's that? Before what do you do all the time? Drink coffee. Besides drink coffee and masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> I know, well, that's it. That's what I'm saying, like, because I've spent basically the past 30 years of my life working on this instrument, so regardless of, like, 99% of the musical situations I find myself in, I can't be comfortable doing it. Drums, eh? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so, that's very good. You'll even be just doing things like that. It's just, it's, it might even just be the simplest of things like that to practice. Yeah. It's just that is where the confidence comes from. No, no, I know I've put in the hours, I know I've done the work, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, so as I say, I get that it's it's the at the professional level, I find it really interesting how, again, whether it's a footballer or a golfer or a basketball player or whatever, who've put in arguably much more hours than I've probably put in playing drums to get to the level that they're at but they still suffer from that crash crisis of confidence sometimes I just find yeah. that really interesting I think because I've never really had it from a professional standpoint um, that probably just says about I don't know more about my ego than anything else probably but yeah I just find it interesting and then how they get out of that slump but again that, that, that ties back into the sports psychologist thing doesn't it I there's an interesting aspect just like how much how much weight do you give someone else's opinion Mm-hmm. And I, I remember seeing some kind of psychologist talking about there's too many folk out there that aren't who they are. They are who they think someone else thinks they are. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, this person thinks I'm an arsehole and I'm a bitch and whatever, right? Or I'm a nasty cow or I'm a nasty bastard. And then they go ahead, they go ahead and live their life based on that assumption of what somebody else thinks they are. Mm-hmm. But in actual fact, it's not like, no, it's no who you are. It's yeah. And I think there's too many there's too many people out there that worry about everybody else's opinion, and they let that be all consuming over it rather than just going. Do you know what? JFO. <laughs> just just fuck off. Then uh, yeah, yeah, that's that that's a societal. Well, it's always been that way, I guess, but more so now in the height of social media and all the rest of it. Because like, what's the point of social media to get random strangers to like what you think, what your life is? Do you know what I mean? Or what you want to portray your life to be? People set up like fucking influencers. Do you know what I mean? Don't get me started. Yeah. But that is not a real thing. That 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 is not a job. Uh, <laughs> it's just a joke. You tell that to Kirsty in her loving room, mate. I will. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Scroll past that shit. <laughs> I just, yeah. As you say, it's just it's getting it's wanting people to like you. I mean, everyone wants folk to like them. Do you know what I mean? But there's a line where you just get to that point where that person doesn't like me fair play I'm going to carry on my life anyway I'm going to be me being me all the time right but this the whole social media thing just now is terrifying because people are trying to are making a living out of getting likes from strangers and like then defining themselves on that and it shouldn't matter (laughs) it's like it'll all go away at one point you need to still be able to be a human when that's not there it was um, Gary Vaynerchuk, actually, we were talking about um, earlier on today on the phone. Yep. Who was saying, guys, if you were, if you were actually, if you based your whole business on social media and all the likes, and Instagram decided to go bust and crash overnight, what, what's your backup plan? How would you cope? Yeah. And the amazing number of people go, uh, I wouldn't. 
Mm-hmm. And that's, for me, <laughs> it's been, for me, for my business, I've been looking at it a lot this year, that I am not, as a, as a gym owner, <coughs> I'm not on social media enough. Excuse me. Yeah. I don't promote the gym. I don't promote what I do. I don't promote the, enough of the successes of what all you guys do. Well, mm-hmm. not so much you, but because nah. you don't really make that much. Because impact. I am, and yeah. I quote, weak as piss at the bench. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> but, I so technically speaking, in the modern day, I should be hammering Instagram. I should be playing the algorithms. I should be doing it all right. And I'm actually tempted to do it in the new year just to see if it makes a difference. yeah. But where I was lucky that kept the gym open was was it was the phenomenal support of all the members mm-hmm. and people that I coached through the summer. Yeah, and it was mainly word of mouth. It wasn't the social media presence, which, and I think, it's try to find the balance of maintaining that and still driving it, but looking at creating a bigger social media profile so you have get that bigger market as well. But yeah, you need to think just, about you who you're it. trying to attract, <laughs> don't you? Ultimately, Aye. if you're trying to attract people online, you're going to attract the sort of people who are going to spend a lot of time online. Yeah. Whereas if you're getting a lot of your client base from word of mouth, it's people who are actively trying to look for help in this situation and have went to their pals. Do you know any good PTs or like my mate Jim, who's just Aye. had a back operation and stuff like that? Do you know what I mean? You, like you are the first person I recommend to anyone who's coming back for rehab and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Keep the wheel bro. Boom. Um, where's my camera? There, so. Um, so, because I know you, I know you as a person, um, and I know you're good, you're great at your job. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to recommend uh, you. What? I'm going what to edit, I'm going to edit that bit out. Don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But like, if you if you're good at your job and you know what you're doing, then what right. the mouth is going to get about and that's how you're going to make a sustained living out of it as opposed to just going yeah. here's my fancy flashy social media post again we've talked about this before it's the January syndrome isn't it Aye. that's why there's so many okay. courses teaching you how to promote yourself online but that's also another thing that kind of links in with the likes of Celtic mm-hmm. and what, what I would well, say let's not bring it back to that shower of shite shall we yeah <laughs> and why Rangers bombed it last season because <laughs> they were pissed and why I think Liverpool are struggling again this season obviously they're still they're joint top but they're not exactly struggling but they're not <laughs> they're not obliterating teams like they were last year yeah and we talk about how like being social media just pounding it hard and going for it and stuff right and that's great if you just want to be if you want quick success and the same in football as they hit it hard they're out chasing all the balls and Rangers were hunting down everybody last season they put constant pressure on them but the problem is you cannot play at that intensity all year round right Liverpool managed it for pretty much most of the season to the point where they put the season out of out of sight and they wrapped it up early mm-hmm. but all of a sudden they started slipping up and result because you get tired you get burnt out you get worn out you get exhausted Rangers done the same they came back they had done great up to the end of January then just, just bombed it afterwards because they couldn't maintain that level of intensity because you're going to either slow down and get tired or you're going to pick up knocks and injuries because you're pushing the physical limits that much right. Celtic have played good attack football for the last three seasons and all of a sudden that intensity is catching up on them I think as well that they can that they're just like we need to change the tactics and I think New Lane's still hammering them with it right yeah, okay. Uh, thoughts on it as well? Absolutely. I think what we need here is Big Steven to get in touch because he listens to the podcast. 
He's all about the football. Gary's Stephen Turnbull. Oh, does he? Aye. Yeah. Oh, Steve. Steve-O. How you doing? Hey, Stephen. Well, I said he did. Back to <laughs> no, let's not encourage that, man. He was a pure beast. <laughs> remember, remember that time with, <laughs> did I ever tell you about that time with Stephen and Gary in the gym? Yeah. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> They've been training for a while. And then one of the one of the girls, Amy, that I was training, turned like, oh, you've lost loads of weight, you're looking great. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Right. And we found out <laughs> she thought it was Gary. Wrong brother. <laughs> <laughs> they do look alike, to be fair. They do, aye. <laughs> um, Stephen's not as grumpy. Uh, no. Nah. Like, nah. Am I getting confused? Nah, Stephen's not as grumpy. Nobody's as grumpy as Gary, to be fair. No, nah, Gary's, Gary's pretty, definitely. Gary's pretty, like, full time grumpy. Gary's pretty? Full what? Full time grumpy. All right. I, I mean, I mean, I'm sure his wife thinks so. Um, <laughs> Terry, you want to vote? Well, you you know, you played fight, you played football with I him. Played <laughs> that's a that's a volatile situation sometimes, man. Playing football with the Turnbulls. I mean, playing. I had on a few occasions I played five aside with the guys. I can actually imagine the rage he would get playing like football manager on the computer, mate. You've no idea. You you didn't have the joy of playing when it was all three brothers and their dad played sometimes. Amazing scenes. <laughs> like <laughs> it's incredible. Like they're all like three brothers, do you know what I mean? They're always going to be just a bit aggro now and again, but they all they all love each other, I'm sure. But I got to witness Big Steven running the full length of a five-a-side pitch to <laughs> kick his own brother. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> Just incredible stuff, man. But, um, and then, like, just <laughs> random fights picking up. Because Stephen's, like, super chilled, right? He's just a big... Like, right. He's a big fucking dude, right? Big, As you know. No, but, like, he'll take so much and then he'll just snap. <laughs> but there's no, like, there's no <laughs> warning signals, man. He'll just, he'll just snap and then someone will snap shortly afterwards. <laughs> it's, it's wild. It's great. I miss playing yeah. football. It's great. Good days, mate. Good days indeed, man. It's good days indeed. How's your jaw? Still, it still clicks when I yawn. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, dick. Yeah. I still, I still think about that today. That it's I don't know how I managed it's it. A mir- miracle of physics, mate. Miracle of physics. Aye. You defied the laws of gravity. I think. I did. Aye. I was like Lionel Messi. Just totally <laughs> defied what should be capable of football. He's to kick a football. <laughs> directly vertical <laughs> from no I, yards I was like half a yard away from you outside the goals and I try to fake it and I thought to myself Colin standing with his legs wide open I'm just going to toe poke it right through his legs past the keeper uh, and the, somehow I managed to toe poke it vertical right off your jaw like really hard <laughs> as well like honestly I genuinely thought you'd broken my jaw I couldn't move it <laughs> it was so sore You've got Gary telling me, hurry the fuck up and tackle you or win the ball back or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Aye. Uh, that was good playing out there, down there, actually. There's a few times you played. It was good fun. Um, that pitch that we played on when you were there was really good. It was the pitch we changed to after that. Like, later on in the summer was brutal, man. I think that's what totally done right. me in. I thought I was getting a hernia. I think it was just the Ooh. ground. Like, it was really hard yeah. ground. Because the stuff we played on was like, it was good 4G like, turf um, so it was dead soft to run on and then we moved across and it was just 
punishing men. And then I, I genuinely thought I was going to hell near. And then I thought, nah, do you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> I'm getting too old for this. And then what's going to take is like a broken ankle or something at one point and my career's goosed for a while. So right. having said that, I've got no gigs just now anyway, so I should probably get I'll back into it. Well. I'll maybe give Gary a shout and try and get a game. I'll have a good laugh. <laughs> you say that. <laughs> For all the wrong reasons. Yeah, totally. Like, my one saving grace playing football was I was faster and fitter than everyone else. I probably don't even have that yeah, anymore. Well, the one game for me and you were in the same team, we annihilated them. <laughs> it's like, I think they had the, the two fattest, slowest guys in their defence. <laughs> we, we were the two fastest. It's just like launch it down the wing and let us chase it. <laughs> Aye. Oh, man. I mean, we could have scored, but by God, could be run fast. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's what I'm saying, man. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm looking forward to January, sort of just to get some conditioning happening, just to try and get that back a bit. Because like, I'm reaching the point where like I can't give Lucy a head start anymore. That kid's fast, man, honestly. <laughs> it's like she gets, she's got my sprinting ability. She's just, she's off now. So if I give her like, even like half a lamp, like, you know, that way you have races between lampposts when you're out for a walk and all that. If I give her like a half a half a lamppost head start, she's hammering me, man, over the, over the course. <laughs> it's like, oh no. I need to get my sprinting back. I know, I need to get it back. That's shocking. Right, so, right, January conditioning. Let's get this. Aye, let's get a bit of speed work happening so I can get my... So I can get some six-pack abs and hammer my daughter in a sprint. Six-pack for my 40th. Yeah, totally. Andy Macy. I know, yeah, totally. I'm pretty much there anyway. I had a, a week call with Kathleen today. Right, okay. And, um, How's she doing? She was like that. Hi, Kathleen. Ah, she's, doing Hi, she's doing awesome. We're just chatting away and we're talking about weight and stuff and about how weight can appear differently on people if they're short and if they're tall. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm a good, let's see, 25 to 30 pounds heavier now than I was when I got married. And you a are? Good 40, yeah, and a good 40 to 50 pounds heavier than I was when I competed in Greece. And she's wow. like, oh, I know, but you look dead gone. Then you look so much better for it now. I mean, thank you. Well, that's it. Yeah. Um, Alec, when you competed and you dropped loads of weight, you did look ill, man. You were like 85 kilos or something. I weighed in at 78.8 That's point. right, it was lower than that, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it's not healthy, man. You're a big dude, do you know what I mean? I dislocated pelvis. That was yeah. great fun. Always fun. That was so... Nah, you can mm. you you can carry a bit of poundage around your round your gun and all that. You look alright, mate. Thanks, man. I mean, you know, if you like that kind of thing. Gun fat. <laughs> gun fat. <laughs> right. Speaking of bizarre places to carry fat, right? <laughs> My pal Jim. I don't think he listens to this, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> right. Guy I do loads of shows with. Well, the, the, the guitarist in the country band that I did all the videos with, right? Hi. Watch some of those videos, right? Jim is like a pure stick. Is Jim right. the one on the guitar? I mean, that is 100% not how you play the guitar. Jerry would be fucking appalled at you right now. Better <laughs> that way. Oh, yeah, that way, right? So, Jim, <laughs> the sort of tall, skinny guy, tends to be sitting down when he's playing, right? Um, Like, proper stick. Always has been his whole life, right? Eats like a motherfucker, right? I've never seen anyone eat as much food in my life, right? So, a few years back, he was in a car accident, him and his family, right? And uh, his back's been goosed ever since. So he right. went in a couple of weeks ago, finally, to get the operation on it to fix it. 
<laughs> so I was asking his wife, I teach his wife in one of my schools, I was asking her how she was get, how he was getting on at home, if he was bulging and all that. It, like both Jim and his wife Gemma are like the two funniest people you'll ever meet in your life, man. If you get anyone telling a story, like it has to be the two of them because they just destroy, uh, they just kill you. It's been amazing. She was saying like he was in, he got the operation done, all the rest of it. Then he was asking a doctor how like how it all went and stuff. Was everything okay? Was it a success and stuff like that? It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's just 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 one thing, Mister O'Neill. You seem to have quite a fatty build up around your spine. <laughs> She's like, I've been a doctor for like 30 years and I've never seen anything like this in my life. So apparently Jim just stores all his fat round his back <laughs> and his spine. <laughs> it's just like, is that what? even a thing? Yeah, it's amazing. Because like this man eats like an abundance of food, like relentlessly, but he looks just like a big twig. Right. Well, you can get people that... You can get what I call skinny fat people. Yeah. So they can be really skinny, but they just they've got a high percentage of body fat and they're really unhealthy in that yeah. sense. But around the spine, <laughs> that is strange. So bizarre, wow. man. So I definitely need to get Jim to come to you for like rehab and all the rest of it when he's up and about, just so you, so you can hear this story. It's amazing. Thanks. Thanks. So you can see his fat. Can you say something to me that's like fat, healthy, it's normal? Nah. Nice rack. Nah. Sorry, mate. <laughs> These sort of people don't train yeah. at your gym. <laughs> nah. Actually, Brian. He's the one with the best rack in the gym. Brian does have a good rack, to be fair, eh? Yeah. Little pink otter's nipples. Um, know, the, last, the last time I had fun with them, I got to, I got a hair in my tooth. <laughs> Fuse wire. Oh, man. Oh, Brian. We miss you. I know. Quite funny, though, when he sent that picture. <laughs> he dropped the milk carton oh that was amazing <laughs> where do you want your milk love but love your front door and porch eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh amazing you can only imagine him in that situation Aye. although he did say she took it well <laughs> I don't know whether, I don't know whether he meant the milk or whether uh... <laughs> his milk <laughs> <laughs> cream delivery my dear <laughs> he's got his cheese <laughs> wow right well that seems as good a place to end it as any I guess um, <laughs> cottage cheese anybody for dinner <laughs> good source of protein Brian's protein deliveries uh, right okay that was good I'm no further forward in understanding the role confidence plays in sport or life in general but you know it was nice to talk about confidence confidence is king we need to get a psychologist on who do we know? Remember Jackie that I used to train? Mm. The school teacher? Yeah. Yeah, she was great fun. Good blue nose as well. Yeah, she was awesome. Was that? Good blue nose as oh, well. Blue nose. Alright. Alright. She'll be loving it right now. Yeah. Right, she's she probably will. coming back. Once once all this pandemic nonsense is over, she'll be back to the gym. Brilliant. Her, her ex husband a sports uh, sports psychologist. Oh really? Hmm. Mm. Hmm. It's maybe worth reaching out, putting a wee phone call in there, Mister McLaughlin. Mm. Check it out, mate. Work your magic, right? Yeah. Tell him there's no Jeez, money in it, like, but there's no money. I just want to pick the brain. <laughs> yeah, but totally. Yeah. For me, for me, confidence is if you've not got the confidence, you can build on it from doing the work. Mm -hmm. And if the coaching plan, if the coaching plan been programmed the right way, well, the kind of small mini goals 
they can all the many making our microcycles and small goals and hitting your goal all the time. That that builds confidence. So mm-hmm. it's, some people are naturally more outgoing than others, and just and then there's some folk that just don't give a fuck about what other people think. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then there's some people that give too much thought to what everybody else thinks, and then yeah. that, they let them bog them down. But yeah, yeah, it's, I, I suppose I, it's just finding that balance, isn't it? I think the interesting thing is looking at somebody's not as so much sport background, but their life background in terms of what they were like as a kid, what their parents were like with them. Mm-hmm. Did they drive them hard? Were they, did they have a parent that kind of just was like, look, I'm just happy to see you playing the sport? Or was it a parent that was like, you're just no good, you're never good enough, no matter what you do, you can always try harder and yeah. just chipping away at all that? Like, were yeah. there positive or negative influence in them, whether they realised it or not? Like, I think when you look back at their childhood, you can usually find quite a lot of answers. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's another... Another debate for another podcast, isn't it? The different routes you can take with with, with kids that way. Because I mean, arguably, uh, there's success and failures on both sides, isn't it? You look at the whole like Chinese tiger mom thing, where they're just like constantly <laughs> driving their kid to be like amazing at fucking everything from day one, and uh, that, a lot of these kids be, become like virtuosos in whatever line they do just by constantly getting hammered with it. But at the same time, that can be a total bad thing and have adverse effects and all the rest of it. But that's another highbrow occasion for later. Yes. Yeah. Far, um, far too intellectual. Let's talk more about football. We need, we need to discuss the Socrates. Socrates. I know I'm waiting to look up my Greek philosophers now. <laughs> Let's talk about Plato next time. Plato and Epictetus. Who? Epictetus? Epictetus. Not Epictetus. <laughs> you on the <Paul> again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pure carry on up the like what was it carry on Romans or something name in it right. <laughs> epic as titus or was it uh, Life of Brian in it aye <laughs> big as dick as <laughs> sorry just try to have a highbrow educational conversation here well and it right the you shouldn't have one with a drummer clearly correct <laughs> <laughs> and on that note everyone have a lovely week. I think we should be congratulated by having two podcasts in a row. One week after the next. Although it'll need to be a quick turnaround on both our parts to get this out quite quickly if it's going to be a week after the other. Leave it with me. I'll get it done later, right? Um, Right. Bye, everyone. Have a nice week and we'll see you maybe next time. And remember, don't be a dick. Just don't be a dick. Sound advice as always. Bye-bye. 